Welcome to the Pondering Theologian Podcast. I'm the host, Nathaniel. <clears throat> so in the last episode, episode directly before this, I shared my belief that guns in America are predominantly an idol. At least via the media and in the way that a lot of people volley for the accessibility and unrestrained access to guns. A lot of it, I believe, comes back to idolatry and losing sight of the first and second commandments, the greatest commandments that Jesus gave us that are also in the Old Testament. Again, cover to cover, biblical commandments, uh, the greatest commandment is to love the uh, Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And the second, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, this episode, I want to just dig in a little bit deeper, um, dig my heels in a little bit harder, and ask us and anyone who might be opposite of this position to hear me out for a moment and think about the attitude that I described in the previous episode. In the previous episode, I described those that I know, and I didn't say it in that episode, but I have been of this position in the past that I needed to have a firearm for the purpose of being ready to do violence or respond to violence. And that is an attitude that many people have today. Many people who are very anti-gun control and who buy into all of the um, really hardcore marketed stuff to break uh, against that idea. And uh, a lot of the position that I hear from people around me... Uh, who are, are very hardcore, need to have weapons for violence or to respond to violence. And again, different from firearms as tools in the terms of like hunting or in um, collecting, preserving history, or if you are doing Olympic uh, uh, sports, things of that nature, again, different in my mind and opinion. Um, but but the, the position that right need to have wep, uh, firearms uh, and weapons for violence or to react to violence, uh, a few people that I know uh, fairly well uh, they are close to me have this position when they go out into the world that I wish someone would try to start something because I'm prepared to do violence and it's it's permeated in wider parts of the american culture and after i finished the last episode i was pondering um and considering this position more just thinking 
aside from losing sight of the first and second commandments, the greatest commandments, it really loses sight of another part of Jesus' teaching, um, which comes from Matthew chapter 5. And I'm going to read the whole section here, and then we'll zero in on the few verses that I want to highlight. Um, but Matthew chapter 5 is where we get quite a lot of rich teachings from Jesus. Um, not that Jesus' teachings aren't all rich. I should say these are some perhaps more well talked about. Um, we're going to start with Matthew chapter 5, verse 18. It says, For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot, pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. For you have heard what it is said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his sibling will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his sibling will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the, the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your sibling has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your sibling, and then come and offer your gift. So there, there's, there's, there's a lot uh, to really dig into deeply in this section of scripture. We're going to gloss over some of it. Um, verse 18, uh, what it is reinforcing here is that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law, and that... Until it is all fulfilled, nothing, nothing on earth or heaven is going to pass away. And there's your freebie for when someone says the kingdom of heaven is at hand and we're about to enter the um, you know, times of revelation. Um, I don't think that all things of the law have been quite accomplished yet. Personally, my opinion hot take for another day. Um, but I want to look at the next part where we talk about whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. So we already talked about in the last episode, first and second commandment, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, of these things, or, or of these things, there is uh, nothing greater. They are the two greatest commandments. When we lose sight of them, these are the most important commandments for Jesus. These are the greatest. We can see that we're losing sight of these in the American culture today. It just begs the question of how many of us are going to be falling into that least of the kingdom of heaven, called least in the kingdom of heaven. Just, a, just a, something for us to consider. 
the next part. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Many people think of the scribes and the Pharisees as just the evil brood of vipers that John the Baptist called and that Jesus uh, did intellectual battle with all the time. But the truth is the, the majority of the scribes, Pharisees, Sadducees, were good people. Good um, religious people. They did their, or good faithful people, let's say faithful people, they did their part. And there was just the, the select few who kind of ruined it and really pumped up and had Jesus killed. But you can think of Nicodemus, who went and met with Jesus in John. Um, very clearly a good character in the story, if you will. And so we're thinking here, don't think of the, the, the evil ones, but think of the good ones, the ones that upheld the law, that sought to make sure that those that went into the temple were worshiping God, as purely as possible we're reading the bible we're following the festivals unless your righteousness your goodness exceeds that of these people these uh, who are called to be the example unless your righteousness exceeds this you will never enter the kingdom of heaven now that's a really high standard and again if you believe in grace and mercy and all that jesus did there is there there is hope so don't don't feel like there is no hope but this is to to say that we are we're not striving just to follow most of the commandments but we're striving to be like adhering to every dot to every iota to think back a few verses um and then this next part for uh, verses 21 through 24 it it talks about you've heard it said you shall not murder whoever murders will be liable to judgment and Jesus says but everyone who is angry is liable to judgment everyone who insults is liable to the council I'm imagining that the council of the for which judgment happens. Whoever says you fool will be liable to the to the hell of fire. This is a pretty heavy stuff. This is this is taking it beyond what everyone thinks about, right? In Sunday school, uh, children and adult Sunday schools, and even in church messages today, people focus on the Ten Commandments and right, do not murder, uh, be actually ending someone's life but this is saying if you are angry it's liable to the same judgment if you are insulting someone you are liable to the same judgment if you are calling someone a fool you are liable to the same judgment this is saying that all of that starts in the heart all of this starts inside of us. It does, it's not just outward actions, but it's inward thoughts and inward um, wrestling with these things. That is where it starts. So thinking back to, I wish someone would step to me. You've already 
entered in this murder of the heart. And this isn't a uh, something to, to, to put on someone as condemnation. This is simply to ask the question, are you thinking about what you're saying, what you're doing, and the intent in your heart of it? Because if we are, again, seeking things to do violence or to respond to violence in this way, in this anticipatory way of pleasure, in seeking to do violence, to do harm, to kill, to maim, we have already done it in our heart. We are already doing it. It is in action being done. It's not something that may happen out on the street. It is something that you've already done in your heart, in your head, all the times that you have wished and dreamed that someone would step to you. And that's, that's just that's something kind of crazy to ponder. Just how far away from a gospel of love we can get when we aren't even able to step back and recognize that we are doing violence, we are doing harm to others in our heads, in our hearts, in our souls, and it, it saddens me deeply to think about these things. I'm going to call it there for this episode. As with the last episode, I invite you, as always, to reach out. I would love to hear from you. I do seek a civil conversation. I would love to hear your position. I would love to hear your thoughts. If you are vehemently oppose, uh, opposing me, I am very much open to the conversation. However, I will not engage in anything that is belligerent, is unkind, is mean-spirited. I will engage in conversations where we can be open-minded, open-minded to learn what we can from each other. So down in the show notes is all the contact for the podcast. I look forward to hearing from you. As always, know that God loves you so very much, and there is nothing that you or anyone else can do about it. We'll see you in the next episode.